0: You're listening to 10 Minute Takes. All right, everybody, welcome to Ten Minute Takes. We are here again on a lovely Friday. I got my ride or die, Chris McSwiggin, with me. As always, I'm Dustin Bork, and we're going to run through some topics, ten minutes or less, or your money back. Uh, we're going to go with the shorter show today. We want to uh, appeal to the millennials, which I believe is ninety percent of our listeners. So we are going to do three topics today. To start the day, we're going to finally cover the Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving trade. We're going to talk about who wins in that trade, if it was a worth it trade for both parties, and maybe if there was a better one out there. So, Chris, go ahead and lead off. Well, now i got to figure out where Chris is. So, realistically, the way that we want to do this
1: uh, I'm here. you
0: told me to put myself on mute,
1: and
0: uh, I'm here. Um, uh, I I was saying if there was a better trade out available,
1: I really feel like Danny Ainge would have found.
0: It. I really think like the Cavaliers would have taken. Um, you know, it Chris, it sounds like you got your mic on the other side of the room, buddy. What's going on?
1: Hang on. That better. All right. Yeah. It's... um. I was getting out of the What happened was I was getting out of the car. Um, no, so I, I said it, it, if there was a better trade out there to be had, Danny Eats would have found it. The Cavaliers would have taken it. Um, I think that this was the best possible trade for both teams. Think of it this way. Kyrie Irving says, I want out. We, we discussed this last week. I don't want to play with LeBron anymore. Okay, cool. We get it, dude. But where are we going to send you? You're still under contract. So unless we get something back for the deal that we feel is viable – You know, you're here, and you're playing. So, you know, Kyrie made his list, his Christmas list of teams he wanted to be on. Uh, One of them was the New York Knicks. Remember, Kyrie Irving's a New Jersey kid. He figured, all right, coming back home, playing for the Knicks, that'd be great. The Knicks didn't have a package to give up because Carmelo's gone. He's going to Houston. I mean, what else are the Knicks going to give them? The Celtics, yeah, they're the best. Is that that Melo to
0: Houston thing official?
1: Um, nothing's, nothing's, you know, there's no ink on any paper yet, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's, he's gone. Um, and, uh, but, but again, Hey, you know, I've been wrong before, but, but based on what I'm hearing, he's, he's out of New York. Uh, but the thing is no other team. I I mean, look at the other team on Kyrie's list, Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, which I don't know why, but he chose them. Uh, Phoenix Suns, you know, teams where he could go in and be, you know, the, the, the guy. He could be the Russell Westbrook. He could be the, you know, whatever, you you name it, the, the big-time star. Nobody else could give up the same kind of packages that the Celtics could give up. And it sounds really weird hearing that about a first-place team. Um, but the Celtics and Danny Ainge have done a good job of acquiring draft picks from bad teams. Uh, they had, you know, the, the the Nets pick, and the Nets, I mean, I know you're a Nets fan. I'm, I'm sorry to say this. The Nets have been a train wreck the last couple of years. So they gave up the Nets pick. And then I believe they had the Lakers' first pick or whatnot, too. So, you know, they they said, you know what? We'll give you these two guys. We'll give you arguably our best player and one of the top scorers in the East, as well as, and I don't know if you follow the Celtics, but as well as a solid defender, a good bench producer, a, a guy who can shoot the three, an aggressive player, um, you know, and, and, and a draft pick. And, and what's, again, I'm sorry about this, Nets fans, but what's, I think, going to be a top three pick. Uh, They're saying definitely a top five. Um, So I guess the question is who won? (sighs) We're not going to know who won until we know if Isaiah Thomas can play. Because, you know, it's been all over the news the last couple of days that, you know, Danny Ainge pulled the wool over the eyes of the Cavs GM uh, and and magically... Nobody in Cleveland knew about this hip injury. Well, you know, then they wanted, they wanted additional compensation. They wanted Tatum or Brown. Danny Ainge said, no, here, give us our guys back. We'll give you Kyrie back. Well, they knew that wasn't going to happen. They knew that those two, LeBron and Kyrie, can't play together. Uh, so they said, you know what, just give us a future draft pick. So if you look at it on paper, I mean, you're getting Kyrie Irving, uh, and I'm pulling up stats here, I mean, you're getting a guy – who, you know, 72 games played last season, averaged 25.2 a game, uh 5 you know, 5.8 assists, 3.2 in the rebounds, 47% uh, you know, in field goal percentage, 40% from 3, 90% free throw shooter. I mean, you're getting uh, a solid 6'3 190 point guard. Whereas you look at Isaiah Thomas last year, and yeah, the minutes are about the same, okay? But his his points per game, you're looking at he was 28.9. I mean, if you, you look at it and you say, okay, 28.9 and 25.2 don't seem that far apart. They're a huge difference. But the thing is, Isaiah Thomas was the scorer on the Celtics. Cleveland had LeBron. Kyrie had to go through LeBron. So that's why his points weren't what they were. But I, I just I think right now both teams won out. And I think it's both of these teams are going to see each other in the Eastern Conference Finals again, uh, and we're just going to see how Kyrie adjusts to being the guy. And I think my my final point on this would be, uh, you want to ask me who won? I'd say Kyrie Irving won because Kyrie was fully ready. He was 100% you know, bags packed, geared up, ready to go to a terrible team where he was going to be the piece they build around like a LeBron James. And now, he's going to a playoff contender, arguably an NBA Finals contender, and he still gets to be the guy. So, if anybody won, it's Kyrie in this whole thing.
0: I think, uh, I think honestly, that the Celtics have become um, a diet San Antonio Spurs over the last
1: well, how, how five so?
0: years. I think that they're... Uh, they're creating a culture in Boston, I think that they have stability with Stevens. I think that mm-hmm. they want to they want to sell their front office just as much as they want to sell the pieces on the court when they're acquiring a new player. Like they don't want they don't want people to come to the Celtics necessarily because oh well the Celtics give you the best possible way to win. No, they want you to come to the Celtics because you know that you're going to come to a class, and I I just think that I I think that people are going to start making the Celtics one of their one of their go to spots because they know they're going to get a guy like a Danny Ainge who will just go above and beyond to do what's best for the franchise, and they know that they're going to get a guy who is just cold blooded, who will absolutely try to get the best possible thing in a trade and he'll try to rip people mm-hmm. off and he'll try, you know what I mean? He's heartless. Well, is, and well the thing that, about
1: Danny Ainge that I love is that is that, is, that, is that, that cutthroat mentality. I love that in a GM. You need that in a GM.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that's not like a bad thing. What it is is it's just letting wow. people know that he's here to, he's a gamer. He's not going to get, He's not going to do a trade in which he doesn't think the Celtics got the better of a deal. I mean, when you analyze the term of trade, when you analyze trades that happen, you need to feel like you ripped the other team off in order to justify the trade. Otherwise, why are you doing it? So in reality, the GM for the Cavs thinks he ripped off the Celtics. And then the GM for the Celtics thinks he ripped off the, the Cavs. That's just the way it is. You don't do trades to be fair. You do a trade to try to get the most out of your pieces, and that's it. Oh, of course. So not fair playing the sports. Yeah. So when I look at it, I think, I think realistically, the I think the Celtics they cru- they crushed it in this trade. I mean, the Cavaliers are going to get Isaiah Thomas. So let's pretend he's not injured. He's still a little miniature nugget. And he shoots the ball like just nonstop, volume shooter. So it's like, why do you oh, want yeah. a guy like that with? Why do you want a guy like that on a team of LeBron James? Now I understand LeBron is, oh, he, he, you know, he tries to pass the ball first and blah blah blah. He's a deflector, but yeah. Like, re- but it's like realistically, LeBron needs to be the finisher in this stage of his career. He needs to be the guy who says, you know what, I'm going to go out and average thirty a game, not Twenty-seven, eight and eight. He needs to be the main guy. That's just he just needs to be a, a volume shooter. He doesn't need uh, out of his prime volume shooter on his team, which is what Isaiah Thomas is. So, well, my whole point yes and no. Is, my whole point yes is, no. is, I, is mean, I don't yeah, think yeah. the Cavs got any better on defense with the point guard they acquired. And they did. He's the worst defender in the league. Everybody's who is Isaiah Thomas.
1: He was one of the worst uh, starting point guard defenders in the league last year.
0: Yeah, one of the worst. I thought you said he's one of the best. So no, no, one of the worst. Realistic, yeah. Yeah, and everybody's forgetting about Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose isn't anybody to like put your nose up at just because he has injury problems and he's fallen off of his throne. Derrick Rose, the man with no knees. He was the most electrifying player in the NBA not even five years ago, and he has just fallen off. But he's still got oh, something yeah. left in the tank. The dude can still average above 20, and he can average above five assists too. So that's a, that's a viable starting point guard. So what the hell do you need Isaiah Thomas for? So I don't know. I, I, I think, think the it's Cavs because are a of Derek and Rose I don't think concerns. they have a plan.
1: What? Well, I think it's because of the Derrick Rose injury concerns that you need an Isaiah Thomas. I mean, Isaiah Thomas shot the ball so much last year. Because he was the guy. I mean, you look at Avery Bradley was a defender and rebounder, lockdown, you know, lockdown defender and a good rebounder, but wasn't really a premier scorer. Okay, you had a uh, Jalen Crowder who came off the bench, you shoot the three every once in a while. Uh, you had a uh, uh, Kelly Olynyk on that team who was, you know, a big guy, a viable big guy inside. But Jalen Brown was a rookie off you know, his rookie season, and then you had, um, you know, uh, uh, who was the other guy? I'm thinking, oh, Al Horford. Gorford has always been a, a 10, 11 point a game. Every once in a while, he'll get 15. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas was the scorer, and I don't think that the workload is going to be as much for Isaiah Thomas now because you have LeBron, because you have Deron Williams, because you have Derrick Rose, you know, because you have the core of that team uh, still there. I mean, you're missing one guy, and whenever you can you can trade one guy and get two, it's always a, you know a good situation. Plus. I think the Celtics ended up saying, okay, well, we're going to part with the Nets pick, and you guys are going to get one of the top guys coming into the league next year. So how often do you see a lottery pick go to a top team, other we saw it with the Celtics this year, but that, that's going to be, again, with the Cavaliers? Then, uh, you know, they ended up just giving them the, uh, I believe it was their first round pick in 2020, I believe it was. I got to check it again, but I believe that's what they came up. So the fixed. We're able to hold on to Jason Tatum, who I think is going to be a steal, a future all-star, uh, able to hold on to Jalen Brown, who's who's a rookie guard in that you know position, probably going to be the starting two guard, maybe the three, the swing three, uh, depending on where they want to play him. Okay, so I think both teams got good sides size, good size of the deal here. I just – uh, the, the, the quick point about Danny Ainge, because I know we only got three topics today, so it's a little short of a show. But the quick thing about Danny Ainge, and Boston fans are going to hate to hear this, because you know, you know, you live in, in New England, you know how that Yankees Red Sox he is. But Danny Ainge is becoming the Brian Catchman of the NBA. He is going out there, and he is getting a collection of the top talent. Despite age, regardless of age, he happened to luck out with a twenty five year old guard in his prime, but I mean he's going out there and he's getting an aging Al Horford who still can play. Okay, he's going out there and getting a Gordon Hayward who can who can still play. Okay, he's going out there and and getting a collection of these guys because, you know, yeah, they're gonna be a they're gonna be a, a destination for free agents. Sure, Boston sucks in the wintertime. It's not Miami, it's not LA in the wintertime, but they are and again, Boston fans, I'm sorry, but it is they are prototypically the Yankees of the NBA. They got the most titles, they got the, the richest and deepest history besides just the Lakers. Lakers Lakers and Six are the only two teams with bigger histories or equal histories. Maybe maybe the Pistons. Okay, so you'll go into a team where, yeah, you've got a young upcoming coach, you've got a, a, a GM who's gonna work for you. And you've got a core of players now who, I mean, they got look at their starting five. They got four All-Stars on their starting five. So Celtics are not going anywhere anytime soon. I think these two teams are going to meet up in the finals again. Uh, and uh, whoever it is, wh- whoever wins the East is going to lose to the Warriors again anyway. So it, that's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, look, looking at this fight, okay, this big fight that was marketed, and, and you know, I've been pitching all week. All week long, I've been itching to get your reaction on this because I know you watched it. I know you were having people over to watch it. Uh, I I watched uh, the live stream on my phone while I was at work. Um, But you're you're an MMA guy. But I I know you also like boxing as well. I also know you're a Conor McGregor fan. uh, And based on what you put on the agenda here, McGregor versus woman beater, it strikes me as you not being a Floyd Mayweather fan. I'll ask you here because uh, it's the two questions, one's reaction and two is Connor staying in the box if returning to MMA. I think he's returning to MMA, but I, uh, before I get into that, my question here for you is watching that fight with all the hype that was around it, with all the buildup that they spent, all the money that they spent with the press conferences and the commercials and the you know the, the, everything that they put into it. Do you think that that fight should have been stopped by the, by the ref when it was stopped?
0: I, I don't think that, um, but that's why I've always been a old-school guy when it comes to certain things. I thought we were boxing. I thought it was a boxing match, and from what I understand, boxing ends with a knockout, not, not a TKO, not, oh, you got knocked out and – were, you know, oh, you're kind of bobbling, you know, on your feet, and you're... no, 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 you get knocked out, and you can't even stand up after a ten count. That's what boxing is supposed to be. They didn't. Well, even not Mayweather fights. You got, you got people Mayweather go to decision.
1: Like,
0: <laughs> you got people like Rappaport who are like, you should be thanking that ref that he didn't allow you to get beat down like that and have it hurt your image. And I'm like, dude, I think realistically. I don't think an MMA fighter could be knocked out in boxing because they get knocked yeah. down to the ground and then they want to get back up within three seconds, but the ref tells them to stay down for their own safety. In boxing, you get to bobble back to your feet, compose yourself, and then start back up again. It's like I I don't I don't think that boxing is harder than MMA. I don't think mixed martial arts is less than boxing. I think it's the complete opposite. I think boxing is one of the many different things that mixed martial arts offers up. And when you're in the octagon, you are in the creme de la creme. You are in the biggest battle that there is. Boxing is a joke. All that we got from that fight was that we're never going to watch another boxing match ever again. That was so painful to watch when every time Connor would start to punch, 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 and then the little bitch would cower and turn his back. Like it couldn't have been more like, I'm not, I'm not, I have no way to defend your punches, Connor. I'm just going to, I'm going to put my head in my gloves and turn around and put my back to you and bait you into rabbit punching me. So you make, so everybody makes, you know, everybody thinks that you're just an idiot. It's like, how else is he going to punch you if you literally start the fight by turning around and backing into him? I have never seen, for someone who's supposed to be a legendary fighter, I'm sorry, he's not a fighter, a boxer. For someone who's supposed to be a legendary boxer, I have never seen such a bitch set of tactics in any type of ring, octagon, or whatever else you want to put in. It, it was absurd, dude. He's not good. I I'm sorry. He might be one of the greatest technicians ever, but he doesn't compare to Tyson in my mind. Well, he will never be higher, on on a course. George Foreman in my mind. He won't even be on like an Oscar De La Hoya level in my mind. I don't care if you padded your stats with scrubs to get to 50 and 0, but at the end of the day, you had to represent your sport against a guy who's never had a professional boxing fight. You let it go 11 rounds, 10 rounds, mm-hmm. and then you start, say, you start saying, oh, it was, a, it was, it was just how I, I rope and doped him. I let it go because I wanted him to gas out. Dude, are you kidding me? I saw a clip of an uppercut from McGregor where Floyd's lights were half out. He wanted it to go 10 rounds. Give me a break, dude. This is exactly what happened in the first Nate Diaz fight. Connor had no fucking idea what it felt like to be at that weight going extended rounds. And all of a sudden, you saw Connor just gasp, just gasp out. He was gone. He was exhausted. And I don't know what else to tell you. He was in no danger of being knocked out. You didn't see his eyes glazed over, rolling back, nothing. He saw his legs wobbling because he was freaking tired, man. So I don't – I'm sorry. I don't respect boxing. I think it's a joke. I think it is dying, whatever. I don't care what anybody says. Boxing is dying. It, it's on life support, okay? And all that mm-hmm. fight did was give it – they should thank Conor McGregor and Dana White. The sport of boxing should thank Conor McGregor and Dana White for another six months of boxing life support because that's all it bought was six months because Conor won't go back to boxing, He'll go back to MMA cuz he wants that makes sense. He wants to be in a fight where you can take things to the ground, where you can throw kicks, where you can choke. Not uh, not just y- BS yeah. about with all the straight jabs and uppercuts and hook shots and running around a ring just because it's un- just because it's like you can get more money because there's not a, a group of owners and there's not a Dana White at the top to distribute the cash. That's not a good reason for Connor to stay in boxing it's a joke he'll go back to MMA and he'll be dominant and he'll defend one of his two titles
1: well yes and no I I, I agree with a lot of what you said but I also I mean it's tough for me because you know if, if you know the history of Conor McGregor you know 10 years ago he was a homeless guy in the streets cashing welfare checks, fighting in, you know, bar rooms to make some extra cash. And, you know, he he got discovered and found out about and, you know, became the biggest thing in MMA. But I think the money is what's going to take him out of MMA. I don't think Dana White is ever going to be able to match him getting a check lump sum for $125 million or whatever he got. Uh, I, I mean, Conor McGregor just became, in a 30-minute boxing fight, became one of the richest men in, in the world, okay, or, or at least in this country. And I, it, it, it's something that, you know, is <clears throat> just not going to happen in MMA. So I do think he'll go back to MMA. Uh, I do think he'll fight a couple more UFC fights. But I think he's going to be training for boxing. Because, I, I mean, if you know Conor McGregor, you look at him in the octagon, he's undefeated standing up. The only time he's been beaten is when he got on the ground and somebody put him in a chokehold. And he didn't even – I mean, I wouldn't even consider what he did a tap out, honestly. I think the ref stopped it before he even tapped or whatever. But he, he's only been beaten on the ground. He's never been beaten standing up. I mean, he is a pure bare-knuckle you know, brawler. And, and um, I think he's perfectly suited for boxing. Um, and, and I think what's going to happen is he's going to have a couple more fights, Diaz, Alvarez, whoever else is left that Dana White can throw at him, uh, and then he's going to get called out by a Canelo, by a Triple G, by a by 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 another boxer. He's going to have more time to train. He's going to have a couple boxing fights under his belt, making a hundred mil or or at least you know at least seven digits a fight. And, uh, and and I think the money is, is going to bring Conor into boxing and and it's unfortunate, but I do think that, um, now do I think the fight should have been stopped? Again, I'm not a boxing aficionado, but I I don't, I didn't see Conor glazed over. I didn't see Conor, like you said, I didn't see him defenseless. I did see his hands down. I did see, uh, you know, Mayweather being more aggressive than we're used to seeing from Mayweather, um, you know, given a couple of, uh hard shots to the face um, right before the fight was stopped, but I don't see, you know, I, if anything, I saw McGregor taking the best boxer, quote-unquote best boxer ever um, to, you know, to, to 10 rounds. Now, people are saying, oh, you know, it could be fixed, and there was, you know, uh, uh, well, here, here's one of the conspiracy theories that, that that's being circled around on, on the lovely internet is that the day before, uh, the day before the fight in Vegas, several—and I mean, when I say several, I mean at least a dozen—million-dollar uh, bets were put on Mayweather. Now, that's like horse racing, when you put all your money on the favorite and don't really get a return. It's the same thing. I mean, they were putting a million dollars down to win a hundred grand. Now, now those guys in Vegas are not going to put that kind of money on something unless they know something. And, you know, even Mayweather tried to put $400,000 on himself for the fight to go nine and a half rounds. That was the line, nine and a half rounds. And if you look at when the fight was stopped, it was about three seconds before nine and a half rounds. It was about midway through the 10th. So that's the conspiracy theory saying that these two guys, it was a work, it was all a work. They pulled the wool over our eyes. They both got paid. Neither one of them really got bruised up, and 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 that's and that's it. We, you know, it was the biggest pay-per-view spectacle of all time. Both guys got paid, and neither one really had to take a beating. Now, do I believe in conspiracy theories? No. Um, do I think Connor had he had the ref split them up there and given him some time to get out of the round, go back to his corner and recoup? Um, do I think? You know that could have you know he he could have come back from it, sure, but here's another thing with all the money that was on mayweather, if McGregor would have won that fight, Vegas would have imploded. They would have lost so much money in Vegas it would have been crazy and and not only that, but it would have killed boxing you You had a good metaphor saying boxing is on life support. it would have killed boxing because think about it, an MMA guy who you know, comes in his first ever boxing fight, beats the best boxer ever, boxing would have been done. I mean, everybody's going to MMA anyway. People are more interested in MMA anyway and, and UFC. All of a sudden, a UFC fighter comes in and beats the, the, the supposed greatest boxer ever? Uh, it, that, that would have killed the sport. So, in a way, I can understand why people are saying it's fixed, but also in a way I can I can say, hey, you know, McGregor dominated that fight. He won the first four rounds at least, and uh, and the fight was stopped, uh, you know, far too soon. But, yes, so uh, I, I do agree with you. He's going to go back to MMA uh, until the money calls again. And uh, we will see Conor McGregor back in the boxing ring. Uh, and, and I think he'll win. I, I mean, you talk about Mayweather. Uh, I think Mayweather lost to Pacquiao, in my opinion. I think he lost the, second time, uh, the first time, anyway. I think he lost to De La Hoya. Just my opinion. But maybe with that's what happened. The show
0: called 10-Minute Picks, or your money back. We're going to be giving all those people money back because you ramble on for about 20 minutes for well, a topic today. I,
1: this is, a, this is, a, this is a, an interesting topic to me. I've been chopping at the bid all week to uh, to do this. And, and, and now we get to let you ramble on
0: it. even more about Ezekiel Elliott next. It's oh, going to be Jesus the Chris show, do
1: we, how, much, how, how much time do we have left? Do I even have time to go no, into this? Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, we got five <laughs> minutes. Our final topic is Ezekiel oh, Elliott. Jesus. We passed the third day of the trial or whatever the hell is going on over there. Apparently, Chris has got breaking news. Take it away,
1: McSwain. I do. Well,
0: I, I'll let you get
1: a word on this, too, since we're both Cowboy fans. But what I'm hearing right now is that a lawsuit has been filed in the wee hours of the morning uh, to completely exonerate Ezekiel Elliott 100% from any wrongdoing in this domestic suit and that, you know, uh, Kia, I'm trying to remember her name here, Kia something. I know Tiffany Thompson was the name of uh, the girl, supposedly, but Kia something or other. I'm going to find her name here. I don't have a computer in front of me, but um, the... The thing is, is that they're saying that uh, the the information was withheld from 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 the department. They're saying that the the uh, Roger Goodell and the board, the committee board, who handed down the suspension, was was withheld information uh, as a conspiracy from Roger Goodell in that office to say, listen, we failed with Ray Rice, we failed with Greg Hardy, you know, we failed with uh all uh, okay, we failed with all these guys. We're going to make an example out of Zeke. I hear domestic violence, boom, okay, he's guilty. And that's not the case. This is going to end up going to court. But what could happen here is that Ezekiel Elliott, right now, I'm being told, in order to play week one, it's 50-50 right now to play week one. They're, They're waiting to hear this court appeal to see if this suspension can be thrown out due to improper evidence or no evidence at all, and that it's a big conspiracy in the league. So, stay tuned with that because as of right now, there's a shot we could see Zeke against the Giants on Sunday night. Or next Sunday night, anyway, not this coming Sunday.
0: So, I think, I think personally, I don't think there will be a suspension. Uh, I've been saying that for weeks. I think that, like what you said, Goodell's trying to make an example out of one of the biggest names in the league, on one of the biggest teams in the league. No, scratch that. The biggest team in history of sports. So I I just think it's a smear campaign. I think that they're going to do to Zeke what they tried to do to Brady and failed, and I think that's that. So at the end of the day, one of those whole hate us because you ain't us situations, and that's just how it goes. Oh, will you walk away? We're out of here.
1: Here, Robert. Have a good
0: rest of your Friday. Will you walk on by?